Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box. I'm Thomas. I'm here tonight with Madman. Randall hey. will not be with us this evening. He is on vacation. Apparently, going on vacation is more important than having a podcast here with all of us. I don't know. Well. Yeah. Can't blame him. Yeah, you really can't. Yeah. You know. Oh, I want to mention that, that our, our theme song is uh, Hans, Hans Adam, Paint the Sky. Very good theme song. I loved yeah. it. Loved it. Yeah. So how was your weekend, Madman? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, can't complain here. Nothing uh, nothing important went on, but, you know, that's always a good thing. Yes, uneventful is always good. Uneventful good is news. always great. Well, let's get to some of the some of the news that's going on in the comic world. Hit me with it. What's going on? What is going on? It was recently announced, uh, I'm sure as you've all heard previously, that Conan will be coming back to Marvel in January of 2019. And Marvel recently announced that there will be 20 covers for Conan, number 20? one. 20? 20 covers. Man, what? Do, do we really need 20 covers for any comic book? I guess that is the question Why are the they always here. soaking the collectors? Because they know that it's, it's, the, it's the collectors that are going to be spending that money on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, with, with varying degrees of rarity and everything that goes along with it, you know, some are going to be worth more than others. Which one's going to – I always don't like – you know, and, of course, those will be a topic for another time. But I hate variants because I was a collector in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, we, so, I think one of our first shows we were talking about X Men number one and how pissed off we all are at that. Right, and you know, that's every five covers. Right, and that's only five. And you know, so every time I see these variants with all these you know extra covers, I always think about the you know the market collapse in the '90s and everything like that. It always makes me nervous. So, in fairness to the comic book companies, it was a cash grab for them because they're selling so many of these comic books that are worthless now. Oh yeah, and then, you know you know that Marvel and DC keep putting it out because people are buying them. I mean, if people yeah. weren't buying them, they wouldn't be happening. So you can't kind of can't blame them. Yeah. But still, you know, it's just do we really need 20 covers for for any comic? Yeah, I'm sure Conan 1 will be a great read for those who love them some Conan, but you know, for 20 those, for those type of people, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, 20 covers does seem more than just a little bit excessive. Um, in other news, Ewan McGregor has signed on to play Black Mask in the upcoming Birds of Prey movie. So Obi-Wan Kenobi will be the villain in the upcoming <laughs> Birds of Prey movie. I don't mind. He's an excellent actor. He is an excellent actor. I, I may not have actually seen that movie before, but now that he's signed on, I'm a little bit intrigued. Yeah. You know, because I do like pretty much everything he does. So the Black Mask is an excellent villain. He is. He is. So, I mean, it sounds intriguing. So hopefully they'll get, get this right and everything. We'll... Uh, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It remains to be seen. You know, they did a good job with Wonder Woman, and I'm pretty yeah. excited for Aquaman. I think that looks pretty good. And, yeah, I did like Justice League, even though it got trashed a lot. I mean, it wasn't wasn't the greatest movie I ever saw, but, I think know. over time it'll last longer than some of the Marvel movies. I think so, too. I think, I think you know, five or six years it'll be looked back upon and people more will, fondly, more yeah. fondly than yeah. what, what it got, you know. But it does hold the distinction as being the highest grossing box office flop of all time. So I guess that's if, something. If they made money, I don't see how you can see that as a. But they didn't. Oh, they didn't. No, they didn't. It you know because the a movie. Budget? Yeah, they had a huge. Well, they had a big budget, and they say that you have to make basically three times. Oh, I see. Your budget, you know, when you factor Back. in, you know, advertising and everything. So that movie had to make close to a billion dollars to uh. you know, make money, and it it didn't come anywhere close to that. But yeah, so there. Bummer. But yeah, I think it'll be looked upon favorably in, in years to come. I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know, it, again, it was a cinematic genius. You know, I thought most Marvel movies were better, but, but I did it like it. It had some moments. It had some moments. It did. It did. Um, Disney streaming service, which we've heard about before, has previously announced uh, TV shows for Loki, Scarlet Witch and the Vision, Nick Fury, and has now announced a new show, miniseries, of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. So, a bit intrigued. I don't know if it'll make me sign up for Disney streaming service That's or not. That's what I mean. It's like but... all these, they're, they're taking this valuable content and taking it to their private services, you know. And I, you know, I don't want to pay like four different networks. Right. I think I know? probably would have, you know, better, it would have been better served to, you know, leave this sort of thing on Netflix personally. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know if Disney has enough other content that I would want for, for streaming. Yeah. I, I don't have kids. What am I going to do with Right, well, neither, yeah, watching. exactly. Neither do I, and I mean, so, and you know, if there's a Disney movie that I I really want, you know, or a Star Wars movie that I really want, I can just go out and buy the DVD instead of paying a monthly fee. I'd probably get a little bit more use out of it in the long run. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, if if I had the service for the you know the comic book stuff, the MCU stuff, 
every now and then I may I may watch Cinderella if I need a good cry or there, something. There you go, you know, so. or some Frozen if you need Frozen, to let it go, yeah. you know, or something like that. You know, my wife is a big fan of most Disney movies, but, you know, again, you know, if it's something that, you know, we really want to see over and over again, it might be better in the long run just to buy the Blu-ray or, or something like that rather than pay a monthly fee. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about how wise it is to, to invest in physical media. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true, but I mean, do I really want to pay, you know, a monthly fee just so I can watch Star Wars whenever I want to, or do I want to have the physical Well, I mean, media? I guess it's how they're going to get you into their services is by, by these shows. Yeah. Stuff like that, serial type yeah, entertainment. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if they bring back Luke Cage, yeah, maybe. If they have enough, I'd have to look to see what all their plans are and yeah, what like, the cost is yeah, and everything. Like I've said before, it's like they screwed up by not getting... Uh, Iron Fist and him together as quickly as possible. Right. You know, it, you, when the last season of Luke Cage, you know, Danny Rand showed up one time and I was like, yeah. they're supposed to be best friends, you know? Yeah, like, you let's, know. Let's get them in here a little bit more. So, And then both of them, you know, get canceled. Right. Both of them got canceled. And, you know, we haven't heard anything from Jessica Jones yet, for, as far as I know. So I guess that's still planning to come back. And Daredevil just had season three recently. So I think that seems to be pretty safe. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. So. Um, a couple interesting things from uh, comic book history since the last time that we were on the air. On November 4th, 1977, the first Hulk TV show premiered, the two-hour two hour pilot. Don't, I don't, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when, when I'm, I'm angry. angry. You know, it was funny. Back in the day, I used to work at a uh, bowling center called Planet Fun, and my boss's name was Jim McGee. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> and awesome. I, I looked and looked and constantly looked. For a lot time to say, Mr. McGee. Oh yeah. Don't make me angry. A, a moment to say it. Yeah. You wouldn't like me. He never set remember. you up. Never set me up. It but I guess if very. He, it's very disappointing. But if 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 that was your given name, if you were born with that name, wouldn't you try not to make people angry just so they wouldn't give you that old line? Probably, but you would think you know that since this came out in the late seventies, that it would have been safe for him at that point. But no, it wasn't. I was waiting to jump on it, and I just I never got that chance. It's it's disappointing. Yeah, I guess it's true. I guess it would have been harder for him in the 80s or something like that. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was. I loved that TV show growing up. It was one of my favorite things to watch. Of course. Yeah. I, it's the I had, only like, comic book thing on te television. I mean, I was only a few months old when it came out, yeah. so I'm sure I saw reruns. But Dad used to tell me stories about the way I would go around the house, you know, flexing my muscles yeah, going and going, Arr! We all did it. Yeah. yeah it loved me, The Incredible Hulk. Um, also recently on November the 2nd was the birth date of Steve Ditko. I'm hey, sure Steve. Happy birthday. Uh, yeah, the late Steve Ditko. I'm sure we've all heard of him and his contributions to uh, comic books. So Numerous. Big deal there. Numerous, Numerous comments. Too many to mention. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, tonight we will be talking about the things in comic books that kind of make you say, huh. The characters, the storylines, the thing that you're, that you're looking at and you say, what on earth yeah. were they thinking Smoking, when they did that? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, some, a lot of them have turned out to be great. Yeah. Others not so much, but you know, just so, yeah, really, some, yeah. what was that? All all kinds of crazy ideas under the sun in, in comic books, you know. Right, and you know, and it just goes to show you that with a comic book, you can pretty much do whatever you want. There's no real restrictions. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, within th reason. Th this is this is a, this is a medium where you know the people wear their underwear on the outside of their pants, and you know, wear fly around in capes and shoot beams of. Heat yeah. from their eyes and everything. Yeah, I mean, Superman was like that first character who's like, you know, suspend disbelief, you know, and then they ran with it. Oh, they did. They <laughs> just went from there. Yeah, we are a medium where that we love where people can do stuff like that, wear their underwear on the outside of their pants, fly around and everything. But we'll get into an argument if that villain that died four issues ago comes back without a logical explanation. That's just how we roll. That's just how we roll. I mean, you know, many a times there's been an argument. Well, how on earth could that happen? Well, it's a comic book. Are they just? Why. Are they just? They specifically create a character to kill another character. Yeah, you like know. well, Doomsday. Yeah, there was a good example there. He was created to kill Superman. He's exactly hung around. He was, yeah, he hung around, but that's why he was created. So there exactly you go. who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So the first one I've got was comes for, to us from the uh, premiered in Brave and the Bold twenty eight. You may remember that issue from a little yeah. little known minor super team called the Justice League uh, debuting. You know they <laughs> I've haven't heard of them. Yeah. yeah, you may have heard of them. I don't know. They haven't gone on to do too much over the past forty or fifty years. Yeah, I'd love so, to get a hold of that comic though. Yeah. Oh yeah. So would I, because it is the first appearance of one of my favorite villains. And, Excellent villain. And definitely would be on the what were they thinking? Huh list. Yeah. Starro the Conqueror. Excellent. 
Excellent a, character. Excellent character. A giant starfish it from rain, outer space. It rains down little other tiny starfish. To control people's mind bent on domination. And how do they control their minds? They, by by a little hugging. starfish on their face. That is wonderful. <laughs> it is so great. It, I guarantee you the whole a- aliens premise with the face hugger premise. Right. Stolen from Starro. Yeah. Well, yeah. What else? Because it's mean, a terrifying concept of some alien is. creature face Stuck on your face, you know? Yeah, putting God knows what in you. <laughs> Controlling your mind. Terrifying. Terrifying. And, it, you know, it, and it's a starfish from outer space. It's great. <laughs> I mean, nothing says more Silver Age than Star, than Star of the Conqueror. Yeah. There is no way you could do Star of the Conqueror in 2018, at least not releasing him. You could write a story with him now because he has a long established history. But I don't see fans accepting Star of the Conqueror in 2018 yeah, be, as a yeah. new character. I just don't. It would be hard for people to, because people now will pick apart something like that. And it's like, how does it go through space? How is it conscious? You know, how does, what if you cut off one of the tentacles? Does we'll, it regenerate? Go, yeah, you know. And why a starfish, you know? And people, but people in the Silver Age, they're just like, okay, starfish from space. Well, and it's it one can the, happen. It, we don't know what's up there. Yeah, we don't know what's up there. Well, it's kind of like the concept of the Silver Surfer. Yo, know, why would a man from another planet be riding out around on a surfboard? I mean, you know, did Galactus, you know, hang ten? I mean, when he created, Nor- I mean, what, you know? When he was a young planet eater, you know, he, he liked surfing. He was hanging out at the beaches. Right. Where would he know to come up with a surfboard? A very much, you know, human concept, you know? So it would be the same thing with people when it came to Starro. It's like, where, why would a starfish, be a giant starfish, be in outer space? I don't know, but... Yeah. I love me some star, some star of the conqueror. He's such a great character because it's so ridiculous, and like you said, you can't, you couldn't pull it off in the modern era, right? And it's so Silver Age; it just screams the Silver Age. And you're wondering, it's like, what were they smoking? And the, what was that like, sixty two or something like that? Yeah, sixty, sixty two, somewhere around there. Yeah, very, very early sixties. So I'm sure there was something being smoked when they <laughs> said, "Hey, man, let's." Do a huge starfish. It'll work, man. It'll from, work from outer space. From, from, from outer space. From outer space. Yeah, he doesn't come from the depth. He's not like you know from Aquaman or anything like that. He comes from another planet. Yeah, maybe. It's odd how a lot of these were created in the sixties. Yeah, <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. So, what do you have for us, Madman? What's what's your one of your? Uh, uh, I got I got like seven of them here. I picked oh, out. Now, I want to lead off with one of my favorites, and that's Mister Mixie. Mixel Plick. Yes, Mr. Mitzel Plick. It's impossible to say one way, forwards yeah. or backwards. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've never tried to say it backwards. And he's just one of those characters that um, they wanted, it, it, they obviously wanted to create him as a foil to Superman's strength. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's a trickster. He's, um, you can't punch your way out of the pro- problems that he creates. And I think that that's kind of an interesting concept as a villain for Superman. Mm hmm. But at the same time, you're just like fifth dimension. What, yeah. what, what exactly is that all about? It's like, how do your powers work, and and why are you basically a cartoon? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, no doubt. And you know, his, in order to get rid of him, you have to make him say his name backwards. And I can't even say it forwards. Right. And so it's one of those. You things. have to get him. Yeah, to say he his has name. to say. It. You don't say it backwards. He has to say it backwards. And you're thinking to yourself, you got to trick them. You got to trick them. How do you trick someone to say their name backwards? When you know it will get rid of you. Well, especially, you know, just, you know, even in general, you know, could you really trick me into saying my name backwards? I mean, you probably wouldn't want to because there's nothing to gain from it, but still. Snobor Tox. Yeah. That's my name backwards. Yeah. Weird. But you know, I do. I'm like you. I do love me some some Mitzelplik. He's he's a fantastic villain. You know, because he's not always you know really mean or trying to kill anyone. He's just fun. Imp. He's an imp. He's, he's an imp impish from the fifth dimension. He's a trickster. He's a, and uh, I love the original iteration of him uh, here at uh, well, Action Comics number eighty. Mm-hmm. And uh, the original iteration of him, he's just straight up just a guy with a big bald head and a goofy grin on his face and a little tiny hat and it's just like welcome to welcome to the cartoon superman oh i know it's yeah he's he's always fun randall and i had a talk about him one day over uh at, at work and everything and 
he is not a fan of Mitzel Blake. Oh yeah, yeah, he's not a fan. And I was like, this these are some of the most fun stories that you'll ever get. It's him coming around goofing off and just being a normal pain in the butt. Yeah, but a starfish from space. That's 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 good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both good in their own right. I guess I, I'm also not a fan of Mister because I mean anything when you have that many consonants stuck together. Right. I mean, there's it's no a vowels. nightmare. Yeah. There's no vowels. It's like, why is the only negotiable one? Right. You know, because you know sometimes why, <laughs> and that's not always a vowel. So you know, you can make an argument that that's not a vowel. I guess it would have to be in this case because it's the only thing that could be a vowel. Well, I just don't know what language this name comes from where there's no vowel sounds. Right, no vowel sounds. And, you know, again, the whole you have to say his, get him to say his own name backwards. It's, <laughs> I'm over here practicing how to spell his name because I had to make notes for the show. And I'm just like, did I spell this right? And it's like, why did these jerks... Who created this character to stick all these random letters together that I have to go back and double check to make sure I spelled it right. That's that's pretty much why I don't like him. Right. You know, it's he's 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 gotta be a complicated villain to use because you have to keep coming up with a different way to make him say his name to backwards. To trick him into doing To trick him into doing it. Which he knows is his weakness. Right, is his weakness. And then he can't come back for a certain amount of time and yeah. So it's like, who makes these rules for him, too? You know, why can't he just, you know, he uses magic. You know, just, why yeah. So who makes the rules for and Mr. Mitzelblick? Well, I know that's why, like, Superman has a hard time with him is because, you know, he's vulnerable to magic. And so it's, um, I just wish somebody like Dr. Fate, I'd go to, if I were Superman, I'd go to Dr. Fate. And it's like, you got to help me with this guy. You yeah. know? Can, can you banish him? You're the most you're the most powerful sorcerer on earth. Can you just banish him? Please. Just, you know, get rid of him. He is super annoying. He reminds me of that little green-headed Martian guy that would show up in the Flintstones. What the was Great that? Gazoo. Great Gazoo. Yeah, that's when you knew that that cartoon was over. The Great Gazoo. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that Action Comics is still around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. A thousand issues later, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I did like him. He was he, he is a personal favorite, even though he's a bit as annoying. we were saying annoying and <laughs> out there. So, but so next on the list we have, I'm sure all you uh, listeners out there are very familiar with from seeing in the movies. Another one that makes you say, "Huh?" From Marvel Preview number seven, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. But he, I'm glad we're getting to somebody less annoying. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love Rocket's great, yeah, especially in I the movies him. and everything like that. But he's an intelligent raccoon that shoots guns and walks around on his hind legs. Trash panda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trash panda. There you go. You know, he's he's kind of out there. He's you know, you you kind of look at him. He's like, what? Yeah. I remember when uh, when I saw the first saw the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, preview. I told my wife we need to go see this movie. I go, Rocket Raccoon is a talking raccoon that rides around on a tree and shoots guns and i said and yes that is it's every cool, bit as cool, cool as, as it sounds, sounds. exactly there's nothing better than, the rock, than, the, than that <laughs> so and that goes hand in hand with the next one i have um groot from tales to astonish 13 you know a right. walking talking tree tree you know seven foot tall tree but when, yeah, when he first came to, to came to light, he was actually a villain. He wasn't oh, a yeah. hero. He was actually a villain, and he came to Earth to capture and study humans. So he's an intelligent talking tree from outer space that wants to dominate the Earth. But he landed in Tibet and learned the secrets of Buddhism or something. I don't know how it went from how there to where it nice yeah, that, that That I don't know. That came along much later. But yes, he was actually a villain in his first several appearances. Walking around Earth trying to subjugate that, humans. That actually would be a really good villain. Yeah, I would too bad, say. Too bad, you know, no now, now he's just the cutest thing ever. Yep, I am Groot. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that the, um, those two those two characters in particular are interesting because, um, one, mutant animals has not exactly is not exactly a new thing. No. You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and so forth. I mean, there's been a bunch of mutant animals. Oh, yeah. And so, like, sentient, like, creatures. And so I, I don't think that they were really breaking any new ground by creating Rocket Raccoon. Um, um, and at the same time with uh, Groot, you know, they had the Ents and Lord of the Rings. Right, like, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's definitely the the, the historical yeah. precedent so, to draw I mean, upon. Yeah, but I mean, still, it was like, hey, what, let's talk in Raccoon. Hands down, it's like, in the argument, it's like, we need a new character, talking Raccoon. Talking Raccoon. Right. It's one of those things you go back to again. What were you thinking? Just talking raccoon for the sake of a talking raccoon. When was when was that created? When when did 
Rocket Raccoon. Um, I want to say the 70s, yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, talking Raccoon, 70s. Maybe a more acid-derived, LSD-derived. Maybe so, yeah. <laughs> kind of along the lines of another great one from along that time period, Howard the Duck. Mm. And they're, they keep trying to bring him back? I, I love Howard. Uh, you know, trapped in the world he never made. You know, you gotta love you gotta love the fact that I'm, that that was actually the first Marvel movie. That Howard, yeah, Howard the Duck, and I loved it. I, oh yeah, I did too. I haven't seen it in uh, probably twenty years, but I loved Howard the Duck. I mean, it's the reason why I still crush on Leah Thompson. Yeah, the Howard <laughs> the Duck. And, but I just I don't get it. It's like how how many times you got to hang hang out with a duck and just say, hey, I want to get some of that. I know, right? I mean, who th- even if it's an intelligent walking talking duck? I mean, how. Do you wonder, not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how drunk or stoned or both do you have to be to, to do that? Or write a movie about that. To write it, yeah, right. And it just, <laughs> it floors me out of all the movies Marvel could have started with. Right. Howard the Duck. So. And then they're like wondering, it's like, why, why did it so poorly received? <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't, I think it need, it's nowhere near as bad as what people say it is, and it's very underappreciated. Well, I just wonder how many conversations before Howard the Duck movie got made. It's like, how many conversations Marvel Studios, or Marvel Entertainment Group back at that time, right. um, was probably saying, it was like, well, can you do, can you do an X-Men movie? No, no, no. We, we can't do that yet. And just running through the list of Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, it was like, eh, maybe, but, you know, the special effects just aren't there yet. Because let's talk about the special effects in Howard the Duck, okay? It's just bad. And so uh, then they go through all these characters, like Moon Knight. And it's like, we're, we, yeah, we can't do a Moon Knight movie. And it's like, fine, Howard the Duck. And it's like, hmm, that, that, yeah. we could probably do that. Yeah, let's do this, Howard the Duck. And if I'm not mistaken, who was it that was that directed Howard the Duck? Uh, oh, was I, it, no, I, it was kind of a big name, wasn't it? No, I guess not. Are, Willard... Oh. H-Y-H-U-Y-C-K I thought it was someone bigger for, oh, for some yeah. reason I thought it was Spielberg yeah I thought it was a Spielberg thing too but you know that's, uh, on IMDb it's t- not telling me that so that's that's weird I thought it was I thought it was a much bigger name than that because I, I don't know who that is although he was a writer he did write uh, American Graffiti some Indiana Jones movies so he's got some good stuff under his belt so, yeah. yeah and it looks like uh, some of the writers for the Howard the Duck movie was Steve was Steve Gerber who was writing the the actual comic at the time too so it had you know had an actual Marvel creative uh, in there on it so Howard the Duck yeah what the go. what the heck what were we thinking Fear 19 first appearance that's one that I've definitely been looking for for years it's hard to find and you know especially in you know Is higher that grades his first appearance <laughs> yep Venture into Fear 19 first appearance of Howard the Duck good stuff because who saved that. Because every kid is like talking what right in the trash, right? And I mean, especially <laughs> when you when you know it, when you get to reading it, it's definitely not a kid's title, you know, at all. So, well, I think that Howard the Duck was never really a kid's title. No, it wasn't. It wasn't meant yeah. to be either. I mean, it's it's a good title. I enjoy reading it. You know, yeah. even though it's you know many many years later. Yeah, but still. So, what do you got for us? Yeah, you know, yeah. You said you had some uh, about seven of them you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I got a. I was going to talk about an easy one, slapstick. Oh. You know, um, one of those 90s new guys and just like, why? Yeah. Yep. Why? Is, uh, what is it? Animated clown or something like that? Yeah, what What is he exactly? Um, you know, you were right. talking earlier about Starro, yeah. about how you couldn't be more Silver Age than, yeah. you know, can't, than can't be, be more, more 90s, 90s than but, Slapstick. Uh, he was a junior high student, uh, class clown named Steve Harmon from New York City. Um, he wanted to uh, get back at his rival Winston, and so he dresses as a clown to bro- blend into a crowd at a uh, carnival. Um, but before he could enact his plan, Winston and his date Heather were kidnapped by several clouds. He picks up a ma- uh, Steve picks up a mallet as a weapon and follows them. They go into a carnival funhouse and a portal disguised as a and, and he enters a portal disguised as a mirror. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So he ends up becoming this, basically a cartoon, living cartoon. Wow, yeah. First appearance, The Awesome Slapstick, number one, November 1992. I think I had that comic book. I don't believe I ever had that, because I think that was even too goofy for me at the time. But, yeah, I might have to check that out. It sounds completely ridiculous. Basically, he's made out of an electroplasm. 
because of a and he's which makes him indestructible. Uh, the damage he's basically like a cartoon. You know, you pound, pound him on the head, maybe he'll see stars or something like that, or he'll just flex. You know, he lives by cartoon rules. Yeah, in, in the real world, and I'm just like, what the hell? What is this Toontown? Yeah, it, it's kind of like when they did uh, DC did Superboy Prime, how he was. You know, from another universe, but it was our universe, and he was the only superpowered character there, and that's a little on the cheesy side. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, nothing gets more '90s than something like slapstick, or you know, like Night Thrasher, Night Thrasher, <laughs> or something like that. Darkhawk, Darkhawk. There you go. There you go. Still around today, and still coming out with his own, you know, limited series and comic books and everything like that. <laughs> I stand by Darkhawk. What I say, it's a good pickup. <laughs> Slapstick. Yeah, um, I don't have any of those comic books anymore, but I do have the Darkhawk ones. Yes. I knew the good ones. Yes. Oh, I might have to look for Slapstick, see if it comes out in trade or something like that. Have to, you know, go online and order it or something like Tell that. Tell me about your next one. I'm going to look for a Slapstick trade. There we go. Next one comes to us from a Golden Age comic, Adventures of Rex the Wonder Dog 4. So you know this is going to be corny just by the name of that. Rex that, that. the Wonder Dog. Rex the Wonder Dog Four. The number four? Okay. Yep, that's the number of the issue. So there was four issues of this, at least. And that is DC Comics' Detective Chimp. Detective Chimp? Detective Chimp. This is an intelligent chimpanzee that can walk and talk. More and, mutant animals. And and smoke a pipe. <laughs> of course, because he's a detective. He's a detective that does detective work. Detecting. Yeah, he's a, he's a licensed detective. He's uh, been a member of the Shadow Pack, and I believe Justice League Dark at one point. Um <laughs> Great character. I mean, doesn't have any real... I mean, he's stronger than the average human, but doesn't have any real superpowers and is above average detective on top of it. But, you know, even in even in a comic book world, you'd have to think that that's kind of weird if you were just living around and you went to the police force or something like that because a crime was committed and the person investigating said crime was a chimpanzee. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know how patrol cops would take them seriously. Right. And I mean, or even civilians being, yeah. And I'm sure he's a private, you know, if I remember correctly from reading some of it, he's a private detective, so he doesn't work with the police force. But could you see yourself right now, you know, needing you get a, a knock at the door? Yep. And it's a private detective that's a chimpanzee wanting to question about the whereabouts, where you were on such and such date because he's trying to find a disappearance. I would look around, it's look for somebody with a camera. Right. Yeah, who's yeah. who's pranking me? Who's pranking me? Is Ashton Kutcher around here somewhere? What's going on? It's like, how are you even talking? You're a chimpanzee. So, <laughs> like any kind of talking animal, like the first time you see one, you'd probably freak out and like hit it. Oh yeah, kick it or something like that. I I, I think there's part of me that if I knocked on the door and there was a talking chimpanzee, my reaction would be to just shut the door. Yeah. I I don't know what I else I'd do. Find but, find a baseball bat. Like. <laughs> What did I just see here? This is a talking chimpanzee with, you know, a pipe and a, you know, a Sherlock Holmes detective hat on. But even if you didn't slam the door on him right away, for it, the first couple questions will go right through your ears because you'll be sitting there thinking, it's like, that chimpanzee is talking. Right. And I think my answer would probably be, are, are you a chimpanzee? <laughs> are you a real? Are you a real chimpanzee? <laughs> be, because... Before we continue, I have a couple of questions of my own, sir. Okay. Or Let, what should I call you? Let's step back for a moment here. <laughs> you're a chimpanzee. Oh, you're a private detective? I don't have to talk to you. Slam. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll talk to you. So whatever. But yeah, definitely. I I know one of my one someone I knew that used to that used to run uh, Little Fish Comics recently. Uh, Mike Porter was a big fan of Detective Chimp. He always said that would be the comic that he would want to write if he was able to get into writing was with uh, a comic book with Detective Chimp. I can get that. Yeah, as a writer myself, I I, I can understand. It could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. You could really do do uh, do good with that. I mean, I wrote a book about a guy dresses up as a rabbit. So I mean, there you go. That's over on Amazon for digital downloads. Search for Scott L. Robbins, The Bunny Years, a memoir. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. About a, about a retired out. superhero. Because I can't draw, so I couldn't write a comic book about it. So I just wrote a book. There you go. There you go. Well, check that out. <laughs> so what do you got next for us? Uh, I don't. This is kind of an obscure one. A lot of people don't know about Amazing Man. No, I've never heard of him before. Um, he is one of the like uh, most interesting characters I've ever seen. First of all, let's be honest, straight up honest, it's a kid's comic book. Okay. All right. Um, he's, uh, it's the, 
His name is Siegfried Horatio Hunch the Third, uh, and he lives in like Queens, New York, and he's you know basically a child who dresses up as a superhero and goes around and does everything he does like a superhero. Uh, it's basically following a child around who lives in a city full of superheroes and wants to be one too. Mm. And so you're following him around like doing his limited heroics, you know, be it street sweeping or rescuing cats out of trees and all sorts of these uh, silly kind of things. Real. uh, Go look. Go look for this amazing man because I actually like it because he's so overdramatic about everything he does, even over the most mundane things he has to deal with. You know, he, he talks like a superhero, even if he's just vacuuming. <laughs> you know, it's everything he does is so, you know, average and normal and every day. And, but he, the whole time is like, fie, fie upon these dust bunnies, you know, and stuff like that. Just, you know, <laughs> that sounds fast. And you know what? I see a picture of him here. Yeah. I have seen him before. I don't think I have ever had any of his comics, but I have seen him before. He's but, great. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, any and anything over the top like that is always going to be ridiculous and funny. Well, it's just it reminds me of me being a kid. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? no doubt, no doubt, because we all did crazy and ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Especially we were pretending to be superheroes. Yeah, yelling superhero rants at my cat. You know. <laughs> oh no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. You may have changed forms, Doctor Whiskers. <laughs> Doctor Whiskers. It would be really great if that was really your cat's name. No, but that would be really great, Doctor Whiskers. I didn't get to name the cat. Okay. When I name, well, yeah, when I name cats, they end up with supervillain names or any kind of animal. If I name them, they end up with supervillain names. Yeah, that's you know if I, you know in the future when we have a if we we have a dog and a cat right now if we ever get a new dog or a cat in the future it's probably gonna have to have a superhero or a supervillain name. If it's what a cat, else? Yeah. If it's a cat, it's gonna be a villain because you know cats are just natural villains. They are. Where I think dogs are more heroic. You know they want to be happy and they want to please you. Where a cat doesn't give a damn. About no, they you. just want to kill the first small thing they can. Right. Yeah. So that's. That's that. Cats are killers. But yeah, this guy looks pretty cool. I might have to check yeah, him check out. Yeah, check out Amazing Amazing Man. Make sure you pronounce it correctly. He's very particular about that. Yeah, when I was tra- when I was trying to call him up, when I, I was typing Amazing, and it tried to come back with Amazing, and yep. you know, no, no, we want Amazing Man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of an obscure character from the eighties, you know, mid eighties, and uh, I I always thought he was kind of funny yeah, because he- I'm the kind of guy in the eighties who walked around, you know. Pretending I was a superhero. <laughs> oh, didn't we all when we were kids? We loved it. We loved our superheroes, so we definitely wanted to be one. Unfortunately, that's you know probably not a possibility. And let's face it, if we did half the stuff that they did, we'd be well dead. So, yeah. Um, the only thing that he's ever done in like f- uh, film or video is um, uh, Amazing Man appeared in an animated series of uh, Batman: The Brave and the Bold, mm-hmm. um, the Four Star Spectacular, and he was voiced by Tom Kenny. Um, it's called the Kitty Catastrophes segment, where he's a uh, Hired by this uh, family who's going out going out for the night, and they hired him to pet sit their cat. Since we're talking about cats, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just the way he <clears throat> dealing with house sitting a with a cat. Wow, you know, and that's and how he does it as heroically as he possibly can, and that's what I like about Amazing Man is because like no matter what he's doing, he's heroic about it. His right over approach, the top. Yeah, he approaches it with that kind of. Uh, you know, zeal. <laughs> wow. That's de- definitely interesting. Check it out. So the next one we have up comes for us from Marvel Tales, spelled T-A-I-L-S, not T-A-L-E-S. Okay. And, and that would be Peter Porker, oh, Spectacular yeah. Spider-Ham. <laughs> Peter Porker was born a spider, simply named Peter. He was... He resided in the basement of May Porker, a slightly goofy animal scientist who had created the world's first atomic-powered hairdryer, hoping that the introduction of nuclear fusion into America's beauty salons would revolutionize the hair care industry. After dousing her head with water and activating the dryer, May Porker accidentally irritated herself and in a fit of delusion bit Peter, who then found himself transformed into swine, much like May Porker herself. Running from the Porker homestead disoriented, Peter soon came to realize that he still retained a spider's abilities. So he was a what? Sp- 
spider. God. He was a spider that was bit by a radioactive pig and became a pig himself to become Peter Porker, the spectacular spider ham. What the? This is great. I what love, the? I love, love, love spider ham. And they did all sorts of other ones. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. That the 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 star imprint that he had, he had his own comic for a while. Peter Porker from Spectacular Spider Ham, um, you know, from Marvel's star imprint, and it had all kinds of characters in it. Characters such as Captain America, yeah, America, yeah, uh, Daredevil Dog, yeah, <laughs> which is actually pretty brilliant. Uh, the Pun Fisher, yeah, Pun Fisher, yeah, Pun Fisher, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, and probably the best one, the best one that they made the play on, yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, Wolverine. Well, that's that sell comic books, wouldn't it? Right. Yep. The Pun Fisher, and of course, Wolverine. Who was you know a Wolverine? A Wolverine. But yeah, there's nothing wrong about Spider Ham that can't be described about what is great about Spider Ham. Well, I, you know, I just love the fact that Marvel would poke fun of it at itself, right? You know, and that's why I like ish, like comic books like What the and so forth is because. They it's tongue in cheek enough, and they're you know they, it's not like their own stuff is off uh, off limits, you know. And the thing about you know this one too with Spider Man is Spider Ham rather, he has made appearances in more mainstream stuff as well. And you know he's you know he was in the uh, what was it the Edge of the Spider Verse crossover where they where they had all the Spider Mans from various dimensions you know coming up. He was he, he was, was there. One of them. He is one of them. He's going to be in the Edge of the Spider Verse movie that comes out next month. Oh my god! The, the cartoon Spider Ham is in it. You know I, we saw the preview and, and coming up in the world, buddy. There he was. He's made appearance in the Marvel Zombies comics. It says here when Spider Ham accidentally travels to the Marvel Zombies universe, he is suddenly zombified by a group of zombies. Namely, Captain America, Hulk, and Wolverine. It appears that he is directly shot in the head by an energy bullet by Earth-616 Ultron, effectively killing him. But in a zombie state, Spider-Ham turned into Hammable Lecter. <laughs> That's genius. Horrible. That's horrible. It's but horribly genius. Horribly genius. But yes, during the Spider-Verse storyline, which featured Spider-Man from the various alternate realities, Spider-Ham became a member of the Spider-Army, fighting against the Inheritors. He played a crucial role in the final confrontation when he switches places with Benji Parker, the baby brother of Spider-Girl of Earth-982. During the Secret Wars event, when all universes were destroyed and their remains formed a single-planet battle world, Spider-Ham found himself the only pig in the domain of battle world. So... He's made crossovers into the regular Marvel universe. He doesn't hasn't stayed just a comedy, you know, star imprint wow. comic. He's like the Spider Man of the Star. Yeah, I mean, pe- people love so many them crossovers. Some, people love them some Spider Ham. I mean, and with good reason. This is this is a fantastic character. Didn't yeah? Wasn't there in the Simpsons movie? Did when they're Spider Pig? Yep. Homer. Why did they go with Spider Ham? I don't know. I never quite understood that. I don't. I don't know if they could use Spider Pig because it was a parody, so they didn't have to get permission, or you know, or if it you know, and Spider Ham would have been going too far with a copyrighted character. Maybe that was it. Would Marvel be that mad? I don't know. I mean, they use Spider Ham. That's a that's a money making property. They're stealing off of us. Because they stole Spider Ham from us. Yeah, but you know, you ca- you have to think maybe they maybe they'd have to go after it because if they didn't, yeah. you know, it might set a precedent to where other people could try to use it and get away with it. Where they can go, well, you didn't go after Spider Ham, so poor, yeah, that poor lawyer. He's just sitting there. It's like the things I have to say today. It's like yeah, we're we're here in the case of you know Marvel Comics versus Fox over illegal use of Spider Ham. Can you imagine the judge? <laughs> Just throw it out. It's like, what is it? What are we talking about here? What? You, be like, you have a copyrighted character named Spider Ham. So, but yeah, the Simpsons movie Spider Pig, Spider Pig, mm-hmm. and he had him holding him up on there on the walking, ceiling. On the ceiling, <laughs> it would have been better if they had just got the rights to use Spider Ham. Why not? But yeah, I mean, it was a great movie nonetheless. But yeah. still, Spider Ham would have made it better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Peter Porker. Peter Porker. The all the powers of a spider and a inside pig. The, and a pig at the same time. It's all right. It's 
I think it's the better, the best of both worlds, if you ask me. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I I love me some Spider Ham. Marvel Tales number one is on my list of of books that I wish to purchase, but it's kind of hard to find. It's, you know, I've only seen it out there in the wild once. Yeah, the uh, there there were limited print runs, you know, with those humor comics mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and so that kind that has kind of made them valuable and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to want to find one. Oh, and his his girlfriend instead of Mary Jane Watson was Mary Jane Water Buffalo. Oh right, yeah. Um, and there was there there was definitely a whole cast. Flash Tomcat, Liz Alley Cat. Instead of Alpha Flight, you had Awful Flight. Right, I forgot about the Alpha Flight ones. Yep. Um, wow. 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 Sub Marsupial, which I guess right. is going to be your uh, your, your Submariner. Yeah. <laughs> Goose Rider, there's another one. Buzzard instead of Vulture, I guess that would be your your villain. I don't know why they wouldn't just use Vulture, but you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, Doctor Octopussy Cat, Hulk Bunny slash Doctor Bruce Bunny. Nice. Captain America was Steve Mauser. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, this is just classic. I might have to go and try to find all these books, not just you know Marvel Tales number one, so just, I can just to read it, read figure them. out. Yeah, just just so I can read them because I didn't get to read them before. I right. Know, you know, but yeah, you know, I I love me some Peter Porker. Spider Ham is is where it's at. Probably my favorite of this bunch that yeah, we. Talked I can't about read so too far. much of that stuff. I kind of like yeah, get get a little too much of it. Yeah, you know, you have to do it a little bit on a case by case basis when you just want to veg and not have to worry about something about keeping up with a major storyline. Just you know, yeah. sometimes you just got to do something ridiculous. Some something that doesn't uh, require too much thinking. Yeah, no doubt. Simple entertainment. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go there. You're going to go there. I'm going to go there and say um, Harley Quinn made me go, what? Really? Huh? Huh. Uh, and it's for one reason and one reason only. It's because she originated on Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. She was a cartoon that got dragged into the comic books because of her popularity. And for some reason, I'm not okay with that. You know? And... um. I understand that uh, if Batman has a Robin, Joker should have a sidekick of sorts. And admittedly, she is a great sidekick for the Joker. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I really don't like her because they took her out of a cartoon and brought her into our comic book world. You know, what is this, Toontown? Right. You know, I just, uh, I don't, it's, it's, you're a cartoon. You're not real. In many ways. And that's what irritates me about her. And I know I'm upsetting so many people who love Harley Quinn. Well, you're not upsetting me. I've never been a huge fan of the character either. But, I mean, if if you're a psychiatrist or whatever she is, and you know you're interviewing the Joker, wouldn't you be a little bit prepared for the eventuality that he's going to try to play you or... Use you. You would think that. I mean, he's he's a sociopath. He's manipulative. That's kind of what he does. Yeah. I mean, you're either crazy or a bad psychiatrist. Well, it's you know like in the '80s when they said people, kids were you know killing themselves because of Dungeons and Dragons video games and board yeah. game, you know, role playing games heavy and stuff like music. that. Heavy metal music and stuff like that. You know, no, they weren't. They no. had they they had. They had a problem. Yeah, there's that, other that, issues. Going right, there on. are other issues going on that people weren't yeah. seeing and weren't getting them help. Yeah, you know? they're yeah they're playing they're playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff because girls don't like them. That's why they killed themselves because girls didn't like them. Right. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was some there was something bigger there that was getting ignored. Yeah. That's not why it happened. You know, and it's it's the same here with like you said with Harley Quinn. There was yeah. there was a screw loose there to begin with. Yeah. You know, she may have been a good psychiatrist, but there was definitely a screw loose there to begin with. You know. Because, like you said, you don't go into talking to the Joker without yeah, being prepared, being for, something prepared like for something like that. Yeah. And, you know, it may be a situation where there's only so much preparing you can do. Yeah. But still. And, I, I mean, she's a trained psychiatrist, and we don't really know what Joker's background is. But can't we assume that he's probably not a psychi- psychiatrist? I would think so. Yeah. If I had to guess at his past, I would say stand-up comedian horrible stand-up comedian what was he in the in the killing joke Killing joke. he was a stand-up comedian. he was stand-up comedian yeah. you know was struggling to, for yeah, work yeah, or, struggling and yeah. and yeah and he ended up getting 
roped in with some criminal behavior and everything like that. Red Hood and so forth. Right. Yeah. I would, like you said, I would not necessarily think that he was a, you know, a psychiatrist beforehand. Could be wrong. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. It's never been revealed. So we he don't know. He keeps changing his story about the scars. So, I mean. Right. I mean. You're throwing me off, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. You had another one along those lines you talked about that came out of the, uh, she's, she's nowhere near as popular, but Firestar from Marvel. From Spider-Man, his amazing friends. Yeah, that came. That yeah, came, never liked came her. Over. Um, yeah, she was big in the New Warriors in the nineties. If you yeah. remember. Um, but yeah, she's of course nowhere near as popular on par with with Harley Quinn. But you know, it's definitely something that's been done before. And I think I agree with you. I think you know, I don't necessarily mind them making up new characters for the comic for the cartoon and everything like that. But maybe they should stay there. I agree. Yeah. You know, Chief O'Hara made some appearances in the comic books after the Batman TV show because he wasn't originally a, a comic book character. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. But, I mean, it was the 60s. It was the 60s, yeah. I mean, even the Batman comic books in the 60s were like that. And Oh, yeah. Ugh. Bang. I, I, yeah, I just, I, oh. Couldn't wait to get to the seventies and the Neil Adams and stuff. Like oh that, yeah, you know? well, Neil Adams is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you're going to pay for anything Neil Adams these days exactly. because is because it was great. But, yeah. yeah. So, oh, think about Neil Adams. Do you have more? Uh, I actually don't because I kind of put my a bunch of mine together with you know Groot and Rocket and everything like that. Originally, I was going to do them separate, but they kind of made sense to go. Uh, Go together. I, yeah, that does make sense. So, I have a few honor, a few honorable mentions here. We okay. should talk about absolutely. Uh, Batmite. I guess they figured that uh, Mr. Mitzelplick was so successful that they needed one for Batman too. And so, Batmite, ladies and gentlemen, what? Yeah, what inter- the hell? Yeah, interrogative whiskey tango foxtrot. I mean, I, I just I don't see the need for Mitzelplick, and I don't see the need for Batmite. Right, I I don't I definitely not Batman. Like I said, like I was saying earlier, I did like me some Mitzelblick. I do like some of his stories and everything like that. Even though there are definitely parts of it that don't make sense, like the whole having to say his name backwards, who makes up those rules. But that might not so much. You know, like you said, this is clearly just them trying to, you know, play off a of Mitzelblick here. So yeah, so why? You know, if you want to do that, why don't you just have Mitzelblick come after Batman? You already have him. You know. <laughs> There's no reason why Mitzelplick can't dress as Batman and act all goofy and everything. Guess because they, I don't know, they're they're really good at drawing Batman's cape and colors and stuff like that. Got a lot of blue and black, so let's... <laughs> yeah, so let's do that. Let's just you know, have this crazy off-the-wall character coming after us. And it's just like the world's greatest detective dealing with something like this. It's got to be so annoying. Oh, no. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. you know? Especially as serious as he is and everything like that. Right. And so, I mean, wouldn't Batman go to Dr. Fate and say, hey, can we do something about this guy? Right. He's, you know, he's annoying got the contacts. Hell. Let's get rid of him. So. <laughs> Remember what you did for Superman with Mr. Mitzelplick? Help me out, bro. Yeah, let's get rid of some Batmite here. Uh, I want to make a mention of Crypto as well. Crypto the super dog. A Kryptonian dog. Yes. I guess in like the newer era, it, it was he's like uh, spliced with Kryptonian DNA. Mm-hmm. What was that, the New 52? I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just love how this article, the Wikipedia article on him is like, it's very important to note that crypto is sometimes depicted as resembling a Labrador retriever, but a specific breed is almost never specified, which, I mean, why not? Like, right. I mean, why can't crypto be a lab or, or golden retriever I, I or something? I prefer it be a lab. Right, a lab. I prefer crypto to be a lab. Right. Well, my dog is a Sheltie, so if you know, I would prefer Crypto to be a Sheltie personally because that's the kind of dog I own. But you know, and if in the day that a, a flying, you see a flying dog with a cape on, you know, it's the day you, you go and check yourself in. You say, Doctor Quinn, I need um, I need psychiatric help. I saw a flying dog. And you know, even in the world of superheroes, you know. If you live in Metropolis, I'm sure you're used to seeing Superman fly around. So that's probably not the end of the world. But a flying dog? I mean, I guess at that point, you know, anything could happen, I suppose. You could, well, world's gone to hell. But I can imagine the average, the, you know, everyday Joe who saw flying dogs, like, 
how come a dog gets superpowers before me? Right. He's got to be know? at least a little jealous and everything. <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily dislike crypto as a you know as a whole, but my thing about him, you know, even then and now and everything like that, is you know Superman was supposed to be the sole survivor of his planet. Yeah. And then you but, have crypto and Supergirl. And there's Zod so many. And yeah. There's so many. You know, eventually at some point yeah, it's like every, yeah, it's, it's like did half the planet survive? Yeah. It's more. It's because, not so much as the, you know, the whole society crumbled as it was like a mass egress. <laughs> you know, and some Krypton. of them, like some of them that I, I can, I can get, you know, okay, the Phantom Zone criminals, you know, okay, they were expelled before the planet. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. You know, Supergirl being, you know, shot out to yeah. take care of them and being, and falling into the Phantom Zone. So she eventually shows up and she's younger enough. Okay. I can, I can buy with, that. I can yeah. buy that. Um, you know, I do like this, the, do like Candor. Always like, you know, the, the bottled city of Candor. You know, cause all this happened before. The planet blew up. But after a while, it's just like, well... Yeah, how many people... Last Son of Krypton, my behind. Right. Last Son, no. Definitely not. There's... Yeah, I bet you there's some babies in Candor. Right, definitely. Right. Who got? Who's born today? He's Superman's got to look into there, speak very softly. How many babies are born today? Who's the newest Last Son of Krypton? Right. It's, it's just, you know, eventually at some point, it's like, okay, we've got a lot of Last Kryptonians here. <laughs> so... You know, it's just not as unique, especially when you start bringing in their pets, you know. Exactly. And then you got all these people seeing a dog flying through the air going, hey, how come a dog gets superpowers before and, me? You know, and, about, and, you know, another question is, you know, why was there, why did Krypton have dogs? I guess because, like, uh, parallel biology, the, the simple fact that even though he's Kryptonian, he looks a lot like us, he can pass as us. And so it's like, uh, what's it called, like parallel ev- evolution, mm. where life could evolve the same like on another planet, the way it evolved here. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. I guess I could see that. Just you know, it it just seems to me you know it may have been something completely different if it was a Kryptonian pet. But right. No. Well, you want to talk about um, Supergirl banging a horse? Wow. Okay. Um, no, I'm not talking about the Kryptonian Tijuana Donkey Show. I'm talking about Comet, her horse, her shapeshifter horse that would sometimes be her boyfriend. Hey, he's like, what's going on in here? Supergirl's yeah. doing what? Someone just walked in and you should see the look, look on, on his face. face when, what's Supergirl when doing? said that. It, it, just, it, it can't be described. Look. It's, wow. Yeah. No, but I'm talking about Comic. Uh, uh, Comet, a comic book character that really existed um, back in the 60s where Supergirl rode a horse who was a shapeshifter and sometimes that horse was a man and it was her boyfriend. Okay, um, I knew nothing about this, and um, really, you never heard a comment. I've never heard a comment, oh. and I think I I know why. Um, this is, <laughs> because it's controversial, ain't it? Right. I don't know how that got through the Comics Code Authority. Um, Sixty-two. Bronies. Oh, right. Yeah. But Bronies. Yeah. Um, Bronies know about comment. Yeah, that's just that's super weird, super weird huh? yeah that this madman that definitely takes the cake for the weirdest one i thought maybe that would have been spider ham that's why i saved that for the last yeah this <laughs> this is nuts um i don't think i'm sure you could not do that in 2018 as comet made any appearances recently oh i should have had that i just closed that article but uh i think it's been as early as like i think 85 85 i think i was skimming the article so i'm, I'm not I'm not very sure uh, yeah, this is taking forever to come up. I don't know what's going on. Uh, let me look look for yeah. let me look for, yeah, for you him can do too. Comet the super horse. <laughs> yeah. Internet's very, very slow. Right so now. There it is. Yep, it comes up pretty quickly too. Comet the super horse. Oh, and there's some pictures of her riding on the super horse right here. They're not that explicit. Yeah. It says, I don't know your name or where you came from, but you came long came along just in time to save me from the kryptonite rays of those enemy aliens. I, I, I don't I don't have any context from where that came from, but that's pre-crisis comet. That's got to be the good one right here. Mm-hmm. Adventure Comics 293, February 1962. <laughs> Team affiliation, Legion of Super Pets. Um, yeah, well, with crypto. Flight, super strength, super speed, telepathy. <laughs> telepathy? Wow, okay. Um, Talk to her mind with a horse. I think it's, Mr. Ed was popular in that time. So yeah, that's like, yeah. Probably, probably about right, probably <laughs> around that time. 
Comet made sporadic appearances in comic stories through the 60s and even became a member of the Super Pets. He is part of a display of the museum Superboy Prime. Crazy, huh? Wow, this is nuts. The unrelated comics powers are similar to those of Superman and Supergirl, yeah. including flight. Super. It's also so tough. Apparently due to a potion Cersei gave him, he has the might of Jupiter, the wisdom of Athena, speed of Mercury, and the telepathic powers of Neptune. He's not from Krypton. Yeah. Wow. Also, each time a comet passes through the solar system, he is in, he turns into a man. So I guess that's when him and Supergirl, you know, dated. Well, uh, I, I was looking over all these characters when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about on the show today. And I have to tell you, man, I just, I, I realized that these are all just cartoon characters. Yeah. They're all cartoon characters. And I started thinking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And that's a movie about co- uh, comic book characters living in the real world. Mm-hmm. And, um... I'm telling you, man, that movie messed with my head, and I just went on this deep dive uh, after I'd made all the notes for this show, and I was just like, the, the Betty Boop selling cigarettes, and the black and white Betty Boop that's selling cigarettes, and the reason why she's doing that is because she's living in a color world, in a color age, and I just, I, I, I sparked a memory in me, so I immediately went to YouTube and started searching for color Betty Boop, and yes, there is a color uh, cartoon that had Betty Boop in it. So it makes me wonder, are there two different versions of Betty Boop in that universe? Is there a color one who's getting the acting gigs? And is there a black and white version who's reduced to peddling cigarettes in nightclubs? Is that how it is? Are there two Popeyes? Is there a color Popeye? And there's, is there a black and white Popeye who are getting in fights in the canned food, canned food section of grocery stores? Do, do tunes have to go to grocery stores? Are there? I mean, in, in, the, in the movie, there's a color Mickey Mouse. You see a color Mickey Mouse at the end. But I'm wondering, is there a Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse somewhere out there? That can't, you know, really talk or anything. Yeah, can't talk, and it's like just, I guess, driving steamboats. Yeah, just driving steamboats. Um, tooting. Uh, uh, what, what, what else? What there was? Um, let's talk about the handcuffs. Roger Rabbit and the handcuffs. Oh yeah. Okay, he's he's the one like coming out. Eddie Valiant, you're under arrest, and slaps a cuff on him. He introduced the handcuffs into the situation, and the entire time after that, it was all hilarity about them being tethered. All right. He could not take his hand out during that time. Why? Because it was funnier for him to remain handcuffed to Eddie. Then when Eddie's trying to saw, they're, they're alone and they're trying to saw off the cuffs and he's like, hold still, will you? And that's when he could slip it out because it was funnier for him to, at that moment, to get out of uh, this uh, tethered relationship with him at that moment. And that's the world that Roger Rabbit lives in. Mm-hmm. He can only do things if they are, are funny. Okay? Terrifying. Terrifying life that guy leads. Um... So, whew. much like many of our characters uh, yeah. that we talked about today, you know, kind of a. I, I, I just, I just wonder how many word bubbles do you have to write to instill that kind of personality into a character? How many times does a presumably er, a human artist? Because I don't know if you can draw a cartoon that draws cartoons. Think about that one for a while. That'll drive you crazy, like it did me. And anyway, so um, assuming that, that you know somebody draws these characters, um, wouldn't uh, wouldn't the car- wouldn't the artist have some sort of responsibility to the life that they, cre- they create? I mean, think about the sadistic bastard that drew a sentient cartoon shoe. Yeah. All right, to get dipped. Or the singing sword. Is that thing sentient? Will it talk to you? Or is it just sing Frank Sinatra songs all day long? What the hell? And so I'm just wondering about the patty cake thing. It's like, like if you could create these sexy cartoons, could you create like a whole brothel a la Cool World? I mean, like a whole brothel. I mean, granted, but apparently cartoons aren't interested in sex. They just play patty cakes. So right. what, would be, what would be the point of creating that character unless you had realized it's like cartoons don't have sex. They have patty cake. What about the dip? Wow. The dip. I mean, like all the chemicals that could utterly destroy celluloid, oil paint, and all the other staples of animation in that era. So, I mean, what... But what if you what if you, what if an artist drew a tune out of watercolors or chalk or something like that? What happens to them? What happens to them? Anyway, my mind went nuts. I can see that, and it looks like this is probably something you're going to continue to talk about on your show, Shock Monkey Radio. Yeah, that's on Tuesday. I'm the, I'm the madman. <laughs> yeah, you're the madman, and yeah, so I have a feel that you're going to be continuing this on that show. Well, folks, we are about out of time for this week. I'm trying to figure out how to get this guy to say his name backwards. Right. Yep, we have to figure out how to make Mitzelplik say his name backwards while we're lost in the long box. Because we're lost in the long box. Y'all have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Love you. Love you.